Hello, this is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater, welcoming you to this special preview of Tatiana by Alan Kilpatrick, the upcoming episode of the Half Hour Audio Hour, uploading June 13th. Tatiana tells the story of Hugh Thicket, an ill man nearing the end of his life, who, instead of being offered life-saving medication, is instead given an android caretaker. The story explores the concept of what is humanity and the necessity of emotional connection between people. What follows is an interview with Daniel Wasileski, the director of Tatiana, talking about the process and whether or not he'd want to have a robotic companion. We hope you enjoy. So uh, I guess the first question is, what drew you to to want to direct this? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me um, was thematic, uh, especially during the pandemic, uh, having a play about healthcare and about taking care of people, um, especially people that are often sort of marginalized from conversations about policy, um, you know, elderly people, people with disabilities. Uh, people who just can't afford health insurance, um, that this play provided a, a way to process some of what, some of the frustration I was already feeling about the political situation. <laughs> um, well, let, let, let's say this then. What is the, what are the differences between directing a, a stage play and directing an audio drama, especially considering the fact we're doing this during a pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always, even in a traditional stage setting, I've always been a director who um, I have more of a an inclination towards the sort of sonic aspects, the, hmm. the sound design and the, the way language is said. Um, I found that, that comes more intuitively to me than uh, some of the visual stuff. And so I'd never directed a, an audio drama before, but as soon as I heard that this was an opportunity, um, it was something I was like, yeah, I that sounds right up my alley. Um, and, uh, and so I think the biggest difference is that obviously like to state the obvious, the biggest difference is that you don't see anything. Um, and as a culture, we are so, um, visual, like most of the media we consume is visual, whether it's on our phone, scrolling through Facebook or, you know, Instagram is all, pictures um mm-hmm. and film too i think people focus a lot on what they're seeing that's what they remember more so than what they heard mm-hmm. and so the having an opportunity to sort of take that away from people and move back towards a an oral style of storytelling and a sonic style um has been a really cool shift and and maybe allows people not only to to use their imagination more to picture what's happening, but also to catch some of the uh, the fluctuations in the voice, as Tatiana would say, um, that they wouldn't normally because they're so focused on on what they're seeing rather than what they're hearing. Excellent. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So obviously, as you said, you're intuitively kind of drawn to the to the sound side of things. So is is that what you find attractive about? this particular medium? Yeah, it is. Um, it lets you really focus on the sound and focus on it in a way that you're, you can put a little more weight in it. Um, assume that the audience is going to pick up on 
some of the the stuff that you were working into the soundscape more than they might otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And and that just opens up a lot of storytelling possibilities. Um, as much as I love normal theater, um, normal theater, that's a terrible way to say it, but like... <laughs> As much as I love theater as we like typically see it in a, you know, in a theater building, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a sort of added intimacy, I think, of, um, of just hearing things and maybe just hearing things like right in your ear in a headphone mm-hmm. um, that you just don't get from, from an actor, you know, when you're in the balcony and they're, they're talking to you from hundreds of feet away. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it was it was very interesting. A lot of people have been talking about the intimacy of 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 audio drama, which almost at at first gloss sort of seems counterintuitive because you're like you're all by yourself. You're not even you know you're just listening to stuff. But then it it makes sense because it, you are so it's right there. Yeah, Every, you're you're hearing everything right there, yeah. as a as opposed to you know sitting in the nosebleeds and going yeah yeah that that three inch tall person on the on the <laughs> stage is really really great <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> excellent and now now we've gotten the we've gotten the uh the the actors take on this but as as a as a director would you want a robot companion <laughs> um <laughs> i think i've i've been thinking about this while working on this play and i think my answer is that there are some things that robots are very good at um such as like repeatable tasks and chores um, that I would probably take a robot companion for because I'm a terrible cook and I (laughs) hate doing the dishes. And (laughs) like, if I could take that off my plate, awesome. Um, Right. But the, the sort of emotional side, the emotional caretaking part is definitely the question. Um, And I'm, I'm honestly torn about it because like at first, at first gloss, I'm like, no, there's no way like robots just aren't, they can't handle the emotional stuff. We can't form attachments to robots. But then also I see people like name their Roombas and (laughs) it's like, there's, there's something very human about like having an emotional connection to something that is an inanimate object or if not totally inanimate, even if it moves, that it does not have a spirit or a soul or, mm-hmm. or intelligence. Mm-hmm. Well, I just remember, I just remember how everybody just loved talking to Siri when those things first came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like having conversations and asking just the most ridiculous things. Yeah. Um. So I I don't and I know people who like love love talking to Alexa, and right. and and I'm like. So I don't know. I don't I it it's one of those things where I'm like I part of me is like we don't know how the human brain works so how can we recreate one? Yeah. But exactly. At, at the and I've seen too many movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like you know, this never yeah, this never ends well. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is it's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment. So Yep. Um, I was going to say something and then it escaped my mind. Um, <laughs> but I think the, uh, it was something about robots. Nope. It's, it's totally gone. <laughs> now see if only, if only you had a robot uh, companion to remember exactly. things for you. Yep. Oh, actually that brought it back. Um, so one of the things that I think I've been thinking a lot about capitalism lately um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and hard not to. Yeah. Um, and one of the things is like, you know, the, one of the big concerns about robots is that they're going to take people's jobs. Right. Um, and, and the, 
what I think robots can actually do for us as a society is uh, is take away the labor that doesn't need to be done by humans so that humans have more free time as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but that only works if we're not like expecting, if we're not under capitalism, essentially, like if just because you don't have the job at McDonald's doing what a robot could do means you suddenly don't have any money and can't afford to live. That's a problem. Right. But, but ideally robots could get us to a world where there is just less like labor that needs to be done, which should uplift everyone. Um, yeah. All we need, all we need is a little bit of UBI and we'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> just, just, you know, here's some stuff so you don't starve. That's really all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. I, th- and, and there are days that I'm like, I'll, I have a better chance of getting a robot companion. You're right. Before that. But we'll see. You know, who knows? Every one one thing that I will say that this that this past year and a half has has done is is sort of said has shown me that, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Right. And uh, so hopefully at the very least, hopefully people will listen to this podcast. Right. Exactly. But thank you very much once again for 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 doing this and uh, and, and putting your time into it. Yeah. Thank you. It's been my pleasure to work on it. Thanks for listening to this special preview of Tatiana, uploading on June 13th on the Half Hour Audio Hour. Please like, follow, subscribe, or drop a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard and want to help support the Half Hour Audio Hour and Eclectic's mission to highlight the work of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus artists, you can donate directly at redcircle.com slash shows slash half-hour-audio-hour. Or you can keep it casual by going to buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT, where you can make a one-time donation. And don't forget about Eclectic Full Contact Theater's other serialized audio drama podcasts, Bloody Bay, Clusterfuck, Deep Shadows, Monocyte, and Throwing Shade. Find them wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit us at eclectic-theater.com to find them all in one place. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.